Good evening. Welcome to the DailyRoto.com podcast. My name's Tony Sincata, and we got a special show lined up for you. We got other than Chris Pacheco, the numbers guy from the Fantasy Rundown over at DailyRoto.com. Chris, how you doing, my man? Tony, I'm I'm doing excellent, man. Just uh, here watching some baseball tonight, keeping up with the scores, making sure all my players are doing well. You know, just a regular night for another DFS grind. Yeah, you know, I, I, I hate these grinds. Now i got to stay up all night. I'm currently uh, in first place over at uh, Fantasy Aces in that Grand Slam. Um, and and I got Jesse Hahn I'm all waiting to bring up on uh, deck. Jesse Hahn is owned by 56%. I actually faded Zach Greinke tonight over at Fantasy Aces. I went with Alex Wood and Jesse Hahn in this tournament, and then I was in the second step of the Survivor Tournament, and I went with Greinke and Wood over there. So hopefully it pays off here. Nice night, and I still have got uh, all these Colorado guys in my lineup, uh, along with Buster Posey and Paul Goldsmith tonight. Oh, well, Tony, that, that should be fun. Buster Posey already already uh, one yard tonight, um, and Colorado is still going, so... Let's hope let's hope we can continue on and have a good night. That's it. So we're looking forward to a big slate of games on Wednesday. You guys can check out everything that's going on at DailyRoto.com. Of course, you can hear this podcast on the Fantasy Sports Network 24 hours a day, seven days a week of television coverage directly related to fantasy sports. What could be better than that? Now, Chris, what's your impressions of DailyRoto.com so far in its young infancy? Are you all fired up? Are you liking what's going on over there? Well, Tony, I'll tell you what, man. What what I really like about about our website, about Daily Roto, is just the community aspect of it. I mean, obviously, yes, we do have our, our professional uh, analysis with the cheat sheets and alert system. We have that for our different products like NBA, MLB, NFL, etc. But I just think the fact that it's more of a community now, uh, now that we can communicate with our customers and just people around the DFS industry, um, I just think that's really positive. Uh, not just for the community as a whole, but for us uh, as writers. You know, we, we write for the customer. And to be able to, to speak to them and just um, just interact with them through this medium has really been a big blessing for us. And, and we just hope to continue to expand on that uh, as the year goes by. Classic situation going on in a game right now involving Atlanta and, of course, the Miami Marlins, uh, uh, they jumped on that early lead, but right now they bring Steve Shizik in, the Marlins, in a non-save situation. He's loaded the bases in the eighth uh, in the eighth inning with Betancourt walked, Marquez and Freeman all on base. So they've loaded the bases up there, so some fantasy points could be coming uh, there. As we await those big fantasy points, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to analyze the big action on Wednesday. And, of course, We've got a ton of games happening tonight. They just get even more games tomorrow as we'll come back and we'll talk about the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs. They didn't play today, but they're going to go at it tomorrow. We'll be right back after this.
Tony Cicada, of course, our guy, Chris Pacheco, the numbers guy. You can hook him up on Twitter and, of course, get all of his fine work. He does hockey. He does basketball. He does baseball. He does it all at DailyRoto.com. Well, today we had a rainout with the uh, Cardinals and the Cubs. Looks like both pitchers will go tomorrow, Lance Lynn and Jake Arrieta in this one. And it's interesting because I actually liked Lance Lynn today. He was going to be the guy that I was going to play. They didn't go in. The ballpark conditions, beside the rain, look like we're going to have winds blowing in yesterday, 50 to 20 miles an hour. Anyone that you like in this game particularly? Well, Tony, I think um, I did like last uh, Lance Lynn uh, tonight and obviously like him tomorrow. Uh, obviously, it's going to depend on the weather conditions where we're going to have to take a deep look at that. I mean, today uh, the situation was just really uh, extreme uh, winter conditions, um, some rain, so the game couldn't be played. If that continues on to tomorrow, that's really not a favorable thing for pitchers, uh, sorry, for hitters. Uh, so it's likely going to be something to, to keep in our minds because if it continues, I do think that Lance Lynn and Jake Arrieta carry some upside tomorrow. It's just that I don't like the matchup so much for Arietta simply because the Cardinals are actually a good hitting club. But if there's winter conditions, bad conditions for hitters, I'm willing to take the nap at Jake Arrieta tomorrow. Yeah, the Cardinals are actually stingy on the strikeouts uh, against right-handed pitching as well. Uh, so that one will be interesting to see how that one plays out. And then we have the New York Metropolitans at the Washington Nationals. We saw uh, Max Scherzer have the ill-fated no-hitter bid against the Mets, but the Mets come out victorious in that one. Jacob deGrom, last year's rookie of the year, and Jordan Zimmerman in this one. Washington, a slight favorite, 122, and we have a seven total in this game. Some of the books have this game at six and a half. Uh, when you look at this, this looks like a pitcher's matchup, but Zimmerman, not the big strikeout pitcher. Yeah, well, I, I, I believe that he is in play as long as the price point isn't isn't all that high. I still think, regardless of what happened the other day uh, with the Mets beating uh, Max Scherzer, he still looked phenomenal out there. It just seemed like there were a couple errors on the field, um, and he just couldn't correct those, and therefore he, he gave up some unearned runs. But you have to like Jordan Zimmerman tomorrow against a Mets lineup that simply didn't really get much done in the offseason other than signing Michael Kadire, who's a fine hitter, but he continues to struggle with injuries here in the last few seasons. If he can stay healthy, he can probably have a nice season for New York. It's obviously not a good ballpark for him, a good home ballpark. But tomorrow against Jordan Zimmerman, that's actually not that great of a matchup. I like Zimmerman against the Bents tomorrow, Tony. Mark Trumbo has uh, tripled for the Arizona uh, Diamondbacks, and he was knocked in on a sacrifice fly uh, by Jake Lamb in that one. So if you're waking up in the morning uh, and you fell asleep, we just give you good news if you were a Mark Trumbo owner who happened to be a good play tonight. Now, a guy that I like picking in my season-long leagues, because I think that uh, this guy's going to realize his potential, is Shelby Miller. He's starting against the Miami Marlins, who have had a tough time offensively. Yet this game is 7.5 to 7, depending on the book that you're looking at. Tom Kohler going for the Marlins, uh, 124 in this one. Now, the Braves' batting order was supposed to be a source of a ton of strikeouts this year, but so far they've put up a couple of victories over the Marlins. 
Well, Tony, I think this situation is probably one better reserved for tournaments. I mean, we just simply don't know what we have with Shelby Miller as of right now. He had some nice seasons with the Cardinals, but then last season was really just catastrophic. He really did not do well. So what version are we going to see with the Atlanta Braves? That's to be seen. Plus, the Atlanta Braves offense, despite what they're doing tonight, really isn't all that powerful. The ballpark isn't very conducive to offense. So I'm just wondering, can Shelby Miller get the win tomorrow? Which is why I'm likely not going to be able to play him on a site like FanDuel where a win is outweighed simply because it weighs more than just about everything else. So I would rather play him in a tournament format on a site like DraftKings, which takes into account more the strikeouts uh, than just a win. Then we have Pittsburgh and Cincinnati in the Great American Small Park. Garrett Cole, Mike Leake, seven total in this one. That's a low total for playing a game in Cincinnati, but Garrett Cole has been all the rave, uh, and people expect big numbers. But you look at that Cincinnati lineup, and you see uh, not a lot of punch-outs there, and, of course, some good left-handed bats in Cincinnati. Yeah, Tony, again, this is likely going to be a, a selection for tournaments in terms of pitchers. I mean, I do like Garrett Cole. I think he's progressing well as a young pitcher. Everything looks great for him moving forward. The problem is he gets a negative park shift because he's going to Great American Ballpark, which is deemed an extreme hitter's park. So even though the Reds' offense really didn't do much last season, they really battled through a lot of injuries, especially Joey Votto. Now that he's back in the lineup, that's not the greatest of matchups for Garrett Cole. But I will give you this. The Pirates have a positive partnership because now they're going from PNC Park, which is an extreme extreme pitcher's park, and they head to an extreme hitter's park. So I do like players like Andrew McCutcheon and Starley Marte because they give me a lot of power upside. On a side like drafting, it's great to capitalize on. Great stuff. Chris Pacheco, the numbers guy from DailyRoto.com. Uh, if you're watching uh, or miss this game, Justin Morneau in Colorado Rockies just rounded third, and somehow he slipped, and then he went back. Uh, he looked like he got injured on this play. So tomorrow, make sure you keep an eye on Justin Morneau. Colorado and Milwaukee, an eight total in this game, eight and a half some places. The rookie phenom, if there is such a thing, from a pitch's mound for Colorado pitches Eddie Butler, and a guy a lot of fantasy experts like, Willie Peralta, gets a chance to try to slow down this Colorado offense. Well, it's, it's going to be interesting because Willie, Willie Peralta is one of those guys that seems to have the stuff. He just hasn't quite figured out everything yet. And I'll tell you what, man, this is really not a good situation for him to figure it all out. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the Rockies here in the last couple of days, but as of right now, Tony, this game is not over yet. They've produced 15 runs in their last two games. Not that I put a, a ton of weight on just two games, but the Rockies' left-handed, left-handed bats are a nightmare to deal with, regardless of the park. Obviously, they're much better in Coors Field, which is the best hitting park in all of baseball. This is really just not a good situation for Willie Peralta. The game's already at eight and a half. This is really going to be a great game to pick on for offensive purposes. 
Now, what do you do when you see a guy like Eddie Butler making his debut uh, first time around Milwaukee? Ryan Braun is expected to come back tomorrow uh, in play. Carlos Gomez finally got his first hit. Uh, you see Jonathan LaCroix. I think a lot of people will be uh, going the other way with the stack in this one and then throwing some Milwaukee Brewers out there. Well, I can understand that perspective uh, from someone that's making their first MLB start. Obviously, there's a lot of rave about Butler, and, and it's yet to be seen. But with a situation like this, I like to just wait, at least wait for a couple of games, see what's the stuff, see what's the confidence level, see what are the skills. Obviously, there are some skills that could transfer from the minor league level, but not every minor league level pitcher transfers those skills into the major league level. So this, if you're going to use Eddie Butler, you definitely want to use him in a tournament full format tomorrow. And if you pick batters like Jonathan Lucroy, Carlos Gomez, or maybe even Aramis Ramirez, that's probably a good situation for cash games. Just make sure the price point is acceptable. And, of course, uh, Adam Lynn playing pretty well uh, to start off the season this year in his transition to the National League. The highest game total on the night involves the San Francisco Giants and the Arizona Diamondbacks pitch playing in the hitter-friendly Arizona Chase Field. San Francisco starting a guy, I don't know, I guess he used to be an actor, Chris Heston versus Jeremy Hellickson in this one. This is a nine total in this game. Uh, it's a game tonight I expect a lot of runs scored, and I guess that will continue tomorrow uh, with some of the big bats in this great offensive ballpark. It's pretty funny because tonight I just I really wanted to focus on, on Chase Field. I really thought that there would be an offensive focus for all DFSers simply because the ballpark is just great for offensive purposes. And then you have two below average pitchers going against one another and it just creates a nice mix of contextual factors for offenses. Now, tomorrow, we have actually more of the same, or perhaps even better. These are really just two below-average pitchers. Jeremy Hellickson, this is really not a good partnership for him. He's going from one of the greatest pitchers' parks in all of MLB in Tampa Bay, Tropicana Field, and he's now going to Chase Field, which is an extreme hitter's park. He relies a lot of his, on his changeup. When he leaves it up, he tends to really be fly ball oriented. This is not a ballpark that you can just literally throw changeups and expect fly balls to be caught. This game spells trouble. I like Angel Pagan. I like Norichika Aoki. I like Buster Posey. I like Brandon Bell. Tony, just about any giant that you can throw in there, I like. And the same situation goes for Arizona. Uh, it'll definitely be uh, a game where people will be stacking. Now we get the other side of things. We get two guys that I think that will be heavily owned from a pitching perspective at Dodger Stadium. We have San Diego and the Dodgers going at it. We have a seven total in this one, and it features Andrew Kashner and Brandon McCarthy. McCarthy had a great year last year, pitching in two uh, hitter-friendly ballparks. Andrew Kashner actually disappointed. His K-9 rate has dropped uh, tremendously since he, when he first came in the league, and the Dodgers a 133 favorite in this one. Yeah, I, I definitely like Brandon McCarthy after after his, I guess you can call it, breakout season last year. I know he's he doesn't have that age where everything is just going to all of a sudden resuscitate and he's going to become the greatest pitcher of all time. I don't think I can say that. 
But I do like his breakout season last year. I think him going to the Dodgers will likely give him a boost in wins. I don't think that's something that can be weighed um, on on a daily basis. It's just difficult to predict who's going to win. But I think this is a really good spot for him now that he's with a pulling Dodgers offense. This game is actually at six and a half. The Dodgers are favored by minus 150. If you're going to be on two pitcher sites tomorrow, I think Brandon McCarthy makes a bid for one of those two starting pitcher slots. You're listening to Chris Pacheco, Tony Cicada, DailyRoto.com. Of course, we've got the big millionaire maker coming up over at DraftKings.com for PGA Tour. You can head over to DailyRoto.com and check out Pat Mayo's podcast information as people are gearing up for the first golf millionaire in the history of daily fantasy sports. Uh, Chris, can you imagine a golf millionaire? Yeah, I I honestly can't imagine that. Actually, uh, to be to be honest, to be honest with you, I'm I'm going to be playing some PGA uh, daily fantasy this week. I'm looking forward to building some of my Masters lineups. I usually watch on Sundays, uh, the last day for the Masters. But Tony, I'm actually really excited to build a lineup and watch the tournament unfold this week. Our guy Drew Dinkmar now has uh, been involved on Twitter during golf. Like all of a sudden, he's got this big passion for golf, and he kills the coverage of golf. Like they need to do a better job covering the sport. He's become a critic. I see him getting in fights with people on Twitter about the golf coverage. Now, did you know mm-hmm. Drew is such an opinionated golf expert? Well, to be honest with you, um, he's he's actually kind of developed this passion for it, as, as you just mentioned. But it seems like he it's something that he really likes. I, look, yeah. Drew's not really the sporty guy, okay? He's not going to go out there and swing a golf club. And, Drew, if you're listening to this, I'm I'm sorry, man. All right? It's, I'm just being honest here uh, with everybody. Um, but he does like watching the game. I mean, he's obviously always on Twitter talking about how the golfers are doing. It kind of annoys me, but he's really passionate for it. <laughs> he obviously deserves to – to create some type of product and give it to customers. Because, honestly, Tony, it seems like a lot of people really want to be involved in the PGA DFS. I play every week. I know nothing about it. I have not cashed. But I'm peaking for the Millionaire Maker. I think that's when I'll peak. Yeah, and it's only only a $27 entry, I believe. I mean, I think it's maybe 20. Yeah, it's 20 or 27. It's one of the two, yeah. I mean that's that's pretty remarkable that you can throw just a lineup out there. You never know, man. It's worth trying it out. Yeah, absolutely. Minnesota and Detroit go at each other. Anibal Sanchez banged up with injuries last year. I think a lot of people forgot him. But this is a good pitcher's ballpark against Ricky Nolasco, and yet we have an eight total as the Detroit offense uh, had a great day with Philip Hughes. Uh, I'll be interested to see what Ricky Nolasco brings to the table. The only thing is, I mean, you can go with a lot of the core hitters on this Detroit lineup. Uh, Rajah Davis was underpriced the opening day, and I think a lot of people anticipating a start. Uh, that being said, Detroit's got a great ballpark there for pitching. Well, Tony, I do want to point this out to you. This is a 1 o'clock game. This is actually the first game of the day. I'm honestly not sure which sites are carrying the all-day slates. I'm sure one of the bigger sites is. Just wanted to point that out to everybody in case you all of a sudden stumble into a nice slate and you don't see this game. But I do think that if you play this slate, the all-day slate, 
you have to consider Anibal Sanchez as a starting pitcher number one, either on two pitching sites or one pitcher site. I think the Minnesota Twins offense, it's just really not geared toward power. They have a lot of hitters that could potentially make a lot of contact. But as you already see, Detroit is a minus 190 favorite tomorrow. The total is eight, but that's mostly because of Detroit's offense. Ricky Nolasco is really going to have a tough go here. I really like Victor Martinez, J.D. Martinez, Ioannis Cespedes, really the meat of this lineup. I think they're going to have a big game tomorrow. And then we go to Yankee Stadium, the number one site for home runs last year. They get a knuckleballer, R.A. Dickey, but Michael Pineda last year came off a big season. Uh, a lot of the numbers, though, lead me to believe, I don't know if this guy's for real. He had the highest strand rate in the league. His, his uh, ERA was like 1.66, but his FIP was actually 2.85. What's your thoughts on Pineda? Well, Tony, I think um, it's difficult to – to analyze Pineda in an objective way, and here's why I say that. He he seems to always be hurt, even when he's not on the DL. It seems like he's hurt. I know that's that's awful to say, but it's true. Every, every time he takes the mound, you just hope he doesn't get hurt. And that's obviously not something you want to do as a, as a MLB DFSer, just having to tilt your pitcher to the point where you're just hoping next pitch, oh, my goodness, please don't get hurt. But going back to your question, obviously he beat out his his projection for ERA. His FIP was much larger than his ERA. I did like some of the breaking pitches. He's always had that. But the biggest question mark for him is going to be, can he stay healthy and can he stay productive for a Yankees pitching staff that is really going to need him, Tony? Now, from an offensive standpoint, this is going to be a really interesting year for the Yankees' left-handed batters. And here's why I say this, Tony. I remember last season really picking on right-handed pitching going into Yankee Stadium, um, below average right-handed pitching, that is. And honestly, I really, really had a difficult time getting really good results. And here's why. Most of the time, Brian McCann, he was hitting towards the shifts. Marta Gira hitting to the, towards the shift. Carlos Beltran just at an age where he's not he's way well past his prime. So it's interesting going into this season, now that they continue to age, we continue to say, well, Yankee Stadium has this short porch. It's one of the greatest home runs or actually the greatest home run hitting park in all of MLB. But can we take advantage of that with the Yankees left handed batters this season? Tony it's a big question mark. It's a great situation for them tomorrow. But let me tell you, I think they're actually better tournament plays than cash game plays, exactly for the same reason that I just told you. They're question marks. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I read a comment where Brian McCann talked about this offseason, that last year he let the shift get to him, and this time this year he says he doesn't care. He's not even going to try to go to the other side. He's just going to hit the ball in the air and see what happens. So he's given up on the shift. Yeah, but but you know what, Tony? I, I don't know him personally. He's not going to listen to this. It, it doesn't really matter. But I just wish hitters took a, a positive approach to this and said, you know what, I'm actually going to go the other way. I'm going to hit the ball the other way, and I'm going to force the defense to play me differently. I think a guy that really does that, Tony, 
is Victor Martinez. And have you not seen how great he was last season in that Detroit offense? I, I just want to see more of that in the game. And Brian McCann, for some reason, like you just said, all oh, just hit the ball up in the air. Well, let me tell you, Tony, he didn't really have great results of that last season. And this is exactly the same reason why I'm saying they are better tournament plays than cash game plays going into the season. Can they stay healthy? And can they produce at this type of stage in their careers? Baltimore and Tampa go at it. Seven and a half total in one casino, seven in the most of them. Miguel Gonzalez versus Jake Odorizzi. Odorizzi put together some nice second half numbers and some strikeout totals. But the Baltimore offense pretty good now. Everybody's healthy. Yeah, you know what? I really liked Jake Odorizzi's progress last season, especially from the strikeout perspective. I mean, Tony, you're looking at a guy that's close to getting a strikeout per inning. That's obviously a great uh, situation for a young pitcher. The only problem and concern here is the walks. Can he limit the walks? Can he limit the long ball? I think that's a big problem for young pitchers. He's obviously progressing well, but if you're looking for left-handed bats to attack Jake Odorizzi tomorrow, I think Chris Davis, who's actually the biggest boomer bus play, and by that I mean he can give you a home run or an extra base hit or strike out four times in a game, I think he's a nice hitter for a tournament format, but not exactly for a cash game format. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. In the Tampa side of things, uh, Gonzalez, the guy that doesn't strike people out, puts the ball in play, uh, but not a lot of love for the Tampa Bay offense. Tony, have you seen that? Oh, man, they are really going to struggle this season. I mean, I like watching the Rays. I I really liked them when Joe Madden was there. They seem to have a really big understanding of the analytical approach for baseball. I think that's going to continue, even though Joe Madden is no longer there. But it's going to be difficult for them to scratch out runs. I mean, Evan Longoria at this stage of his career, can he continue to produce at the level where he was a couple of years ago, or he will, or will he regress like he did last season? Obviously, last season he played a lot of games. He actually played the most games out of his career last season. So did that drag him down, or is there some deterioration of his skills? That's still left to be seen, but I still think he has a nice power profile. So I like using Longoria, especially against left-handed pitchings, but – He's still in play against right-handed pitcher. We got two lefties going at it with the White Sox and Kansas City. Eight total in this game. Jose Quintana, Danny Duffy going at each other. Uh, here, Kansas City, not a great offensive ballpark here. Uh, they had fireworks the opening game. Uh, how do you look at this one? Well, Tony, Jose Quintana is, is a pitcher that I that I really like. He always seems to consistently have a good season. Not a great one but just a good one. And I'm wondering now that the White Sox have made some moves to address their offense, I'm wondering if this is going to help boost the pitchers from, from a win perspective. So heading into an extreme pitcher's park that is Kauffman Stadium, I think that really helps Quintana. The problem is the Royals don't like to strike out. So that's not the, the best situation that you want for a pitcher on DraftKings which accounts for two points every time a hitter strikes out. But can he get the win? 
he's also an underdog tomorrow. So this is likely a, a better selection for tournaments, and I really don't like much of the offensive weapons from this game. Uh, we just had David Peralta go deep in that Arizona game. Uh, David Peralta, a three-run homer. Uh, so David Peralta getting it done is uh, a game that we thought would be an onslaught of offense tonight. Well, it's 4-2 to two in the third inning, so we'll uh, see how that plays out and keep tracks. So if you have uh, uh, stacks in that game, you could be waking up very happy in the morning. Uh, right here, it's Chris Pacheco, Tony Sincata, the Daily Roto a podcast. Cleveland and Houston, Carlos Carrasco, who just became a rich man, going against Scott Feldman in this one. Uh, Feldman, a guy, 2013, did a good job keeping the ball down last year. Uh, did not pitch that well. Yeah, Tony, you mentioned uh, Carlos Carrasco getting getting an extension from the Indians, and I think that is a nice bet to take from the Indians. Look, Tony, at some point, if you want to remain a competitive ball club, you have to make some of these bets. Carlos Carrasco turned it around last season. It seemed like he figured it out. He added a couple pitches to his repertoire, and he now seems to be in more of, of a control and command of his pitches. That really bodes well for his fantasy value this season. And I'll tell you what, against a team that really likes to strike out like the Astros, I understand that the total says eight, but on a side like DraftKings that rewards two points per strikeout, I think that's really something to take advantage of. So he's actually one of my top starting pitching options on tomorrow's slate. Yeah, Houston struck out 24% of the time last year, and I mentioned some of the guys they brought in, all strikeout guys. Uh, Louis Valbuner, Colby Rasmus came in uh, to play, and Evan Gaddis, all guys with big strikeout numbers. So it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. I think Carrasco is a great play tomorrow. Then we have Ross Detweiler going for Texas in Oakland. Scott Kazmaier, uh, a couple more lefties going at each other. Yeah, that's you know what? That that's going to be that's going to be interesting, Tony. I mean, Scott Feldman really isn't that great of a pitcher. I mean, obviously last season he had a decent season, I guess you can say. But some of these Cleveland Indians hitters are going to experience a positive park shift, which really bodes well for their value. I mean, their their home park isn't that bad of a, of a hitting environment, but going into Houston really should help. So perhaps guys like Carlos Santana and Jason Kipnis could become nice, decent values in cash games tomorrow night. That's what we're looking for. Decent values right here at DailyRoto.com. Chris Pacheco, Tony Cicada, uh giving you Wednesday's action, a full slate of games here. And, of course, Los Angeles and Seattle will go at it. Matt Schubemaker, Hashawi Iyakuma, a guy that keeps it on the ground. His strikeout totals actually have been pretty good in the last couple of years and a seven total in this game. Well, I like Iwakuma, Tony, because mostly I like his, his skill set. I think he keeps the ball on the ground, and, and any time a pitcher can keep the ball on the ground and limit hard contact, I think that's something that bodes well for a pitcher's DFS value and even season-long value. But with that being said, the Angels' offense is obviously potent. I mean, you have guys like Mike Trout, Albert Pujols. Those are guys that are not easy outs. But there's there really seems to be a lack of first starting pitchers tomorrow. 
I mean, we do have Carlos Carrasco and we have Brandon McCarthy, but those aren't like guys that you, you get really excited about every time you see them on the slate. But we don't have the Mark Scherzers. We don't have the Steven Strasburgs tomorrow. So we're going to have to take some of these nice bets tomorrow. I think he makes for a decent one, even against a potent Angels lineup. And the final game of the evening is a game I expect high scoring, but it's only at eight total. Uh, Boston at Philadelphia at Philly. It all depends on the weather. If the weather's good, uh, these two uh, pitches here, pitch to contact, Rick Porcello and Aaron Harang go at it today. Yeah, I, I think I'm glad you left that one towards the end here, Tony. I mean, that's that's going to be a game to target. And look, I really like Rick Porcello. Uh, I think that was a an excellent buy for the Red Sox. I'm glad they extended him this season. They're going to need his pitching if they're going to have any postseason success this season. But going back to this game, Aaron Harang is really kind of an underwhelming righty. I know he started on the right track last season, and he had some decent DFS value. But, boy, he is transitioning to a really, really tough hitting park. I don't know if you saw the Red Sox offense on opening day against Cole Hamels, who's a, an above-average southpaw. Aaron Harang is not comparable to Cole Hamels. Tony, name me any Red Sox from one through six, and I am likely going to play that Red Sox in a cash game format tomorrow night. It's money in the bank is what you're saying? I guess, in other words, is money in the bank. And money in the bank means David Ortiz, the big poppy. The big poppy. So before I let you go, i got to ask you, what do you think about daily fantasy sports? And a lot of people complain about the win total being lucky. Uh, are you a guy that would rather see quality starts used instead of wins? Excellent question. And I think that that's one that likely takes a, a couple of, of just words here, or just a couple minutes. Um, but I'll, I'll try to do my best here in the limited time that we have. I think it, it comes back to what side you play on, right? So on a site like DraftKings, where you can start multiple starting pitchers and you have an advantage of a strikeout being weighed more than an actual win, I think that's a situation where I really don't care much about the win. And, and Tony, quite frankly, if a game like tonight, let's say Tyson Ross against Zach Greinke, if a type of game like that has a really low total and both are good pitchers and, and get strikeouts, I'm willing to take both of them in a cash game format, even though it kind of limits my upside a little bit because I'm not going to get a win from both pitchers. But that's why drafting is so great in terms of pitching. The win is not weighed more than a strikeout. So the, the skill of the pitcher is weighed more on that site. Now, when you go to FanDuel, where a win is basically a requirement, I think you do have to take into consideration more the Vegas line. You do have to, to take into consideration a team's offense. So if that pitcher uh, pitches for a bad offense, even though they might go against an underwhelming team, can they score enough runs to get that pitcher wins? Tony, it's really difficult to project wins. I actually don't try to do it, but on a site like FanDuel, it's a requirement. So you have to at least attempt to see, okay, what's this pitcher's skill? What team does he play for? What team is he going against? 
All these things you have to take into consideration when you're looking at how much value a, a pitcher has for daily fantasy sports. Do you realize that last year Aaron Harang had one more quality start than Clayton Kershaw? Well, I guess it's it's really not not that surprising. Um, I'm just kidding. It's actually really surprising. I, I can't believe what you just told me right now. That that doesn't even make sense, Tony. I mean, what, what are you talking about here? 25 to 24 was the number. It's absolutely crazy. Well, I know that that Aaron Harang had a really nice uh, beginning of the season. And, and if I remember correctly, Tony, Kershaw was hurt at the beginning of last season. He actually missed Correct. either a month and a half or two. So that has something to do with that. But, hey, it's just one of those funky things that happens in baseball, right? Who would have thought? Absolutely. He's Chris Pacheco, the numbers guy. You can check out all his great work at DailyRoto.com. Chris, thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, th- thanks for having me, Tony. And don't forget to roster a Red Sox tomorrow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roster a Hanley Ramirez because I like his hair. <laughs> Take care, Tony. I think I'm going to go that route. I'm going to get one of them. Hey, I'm going to get some stuff and hang like Christmas bulbs from my head. I like that look. There we go. If you want a uh, Hanley Ramirez uh, haircut, uh, I don't know. Mike Leone was a guy that I think can help you out with that. Uh, go to the forums at dailyroto.com. Ask Mike if he could come over and make you look like Hanley Ramirez. It's Chris Pacheco, Tony Sicada, Daily Roto Podcast. We're out of here. 